How's it going, my friends? It has been a while since I uploaded a video. A lot, or not video, but podcast. You know, a lot has happened, and I just wanted to come in、uh, before this podcast to kind of just say hi. Hope that you're all well, your family, you and your family is safe, and you know, life is moving on with this COVID thing. And so this、uh, video is one of one of my favorites because I just met. Uh, Elaine and、uh, this video, you know, it was good to hear a woman's perspective on a lot of the things that I have said before. But because a woman is saying it, it kind of clicks a little bit better to some people. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you have,、uh, you know, if you, any recommendations on how I can improve or who you want me to interview, please let me know. I'll be doing much more content on this podcast、uh, going forward. All right. Strength training is not going to get females bulky. It takes a lot of hard work、um, to gain any amount of muscle as a female、um, because we do not have、um, the testosterone to gain that level of muscle. All right, what's up, everyone? My name is Su Chan. Welcome to the Su Chan Yang Show, where I interview other Hmong people who are in the health and fitness space, who are making waves, helping other people.、Um, You know, changing their life with their health, their image, their perspective of you know the relationships with them, the food and everything. And today, you know, I am joined with a very special guest,、uh, Eileen. She is a health coach. I've been following her Instagram for like a a while now, and you know, I love the type of content that she puts out. You know, it's very positive. She is very educational, and she is very supportive in like you know what she does. And I can tell that she's. A person who wants to like really support people through、um, their struggles and what they do, and she herself, I can tell that she's gone through a lot of struggles herself. She just became a mom,、uh, and she trained through that whole process. But we're gonna start at the way beginning of、um, with gymnastics. Like, how did you even start with gymnastics, and then we're gonna go off from that, okay? Okay. Yep. So、um, I started gymnastics when I was eight,、um, and my sister. So I'm actually the youngest of seven, and so one of my sisters was doing gymnastics, and then I saw her doing it, and then、um, I was the one who got to kind of follow through with that,、um, just being the youngest and kind of knowing how to get my way <laughs> and、um, being stubborn in that way. So、um, we actually started. All of my sisters, we did mung dancing through high school, and so with mung dancing and gymnastics,、um, kind of carried that all the way through high school.、Um, and then, okay, so、um, hold on, hold on. So, how did your your sisters even get into gymnastics? Yeah, so、um, so it's just one of my sisters. So、um, with mung dancing.、Uh, We do like we we did a lot of like flips and、um, that kind of stuff, and、mm-hmm. so all of us were into that. And then she she actually like went online and she found like a gymnastics class at Central High School just in St. Paul. So she looked into those recreational classes, and then、um, one of my mom's clients. So my mom cleaned houses, and so one of her clients、um, offered to sponsor my sister to do gymnastics classes. Really?、Um, yeah. Wow. She was able to do some classes, and then I started doing it, and then I found it really, really interesting. My sister kind of fell off of、um, the gymnastics track; just w- wasn't really her thing.、Um, but I got into it, 
And so I continued to press through with it. And, and so I actually did competitive club gymnastics all the way through high school. Um, I didn't do high school gymnastics. I wanted to do college gymnastics, um, but then I had a major injury um, in my junior year of high school. And so that's really when recruiting happens and all of that. And um, I think at that time, there weren't really any Hmong gymnasts um, quite yet. Um, and just being that, you know, we are first generation. We're still pretty new here. Um, it was a pretty like new thing in general, um, kind of unheard of. And so I really wanted to do that and to like represent and um, just I worked really hard um, all through high school to be able to do it in college. But ultimately, that injury took me out. But then. Um, OK, so what was I, this injury? Uh, yeah. So it was a shoulder injury. So it was just from overuse, from literally the past 10 years of gymnastics. It's just wear and tear. And um, it just it started affecting me. I got frozen shoulders. and um, You got yeah, frozen so, shoulder at like 16. At like 17. 17. Yeah. Dang. Exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I bad. Yeah, I like an old person. I know. Yeah, so I did a bunch of physical therapy through that. And um, I guess you could say that's really ultimately where I started becoming really interested in the body um, and just exercise physiology, right? Like how the body works, um, how can you rehab something back? Because with strength training, that's really what you're doing. It's you're trying to get the body and the muscles to work together and be as strong as possible. Um, and, you know, working through those range of motions um, as safely as possible too, right? So that's really where it kind of all started. And, and that's when I started um, getting into researching a lot of training and nutrition. Stuff. Okay, so why? Like, why did you actually say, I want to fix myself? Versus most people who just mm -hmm. say, okay, you know what, I'm out. I'm just not going to do right. anything. Yeah, so um, ultimately, I had the goal of college gymnastics, and, and that was like my one thing. Like, I wasn't even thinking med school at that point. I wasn't thinking anything about my career. Really was just thinking about how I wanted to make an impact um, as a gymnast, you know, um, how could I make my parents proud? How could I make my Hmong community proud? Um, and cause I, I knew that I was privileged in being able to continue doing competitive gymnastics. Um, and it, it costs a lot of money, you know, it's one of the most expensive sports and I was really, really, um, blessed to be able to continue doing it. Were you sponsored, um, uh, like your mm -hmm. sister? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. So uh, my mom's um, client continued to sponsor me. And then as I got older and as I could start working. So, I mean, I started working at like 13, 14 um, with a couple of jobs. And one of those was being a gymnastics coach. Um, and so I did that. And then like my family helped um, cleaning the gym and um, any of the meets that we hosted uh, for our uh, gym, uh, my family would come and volunteer and help out as well. So, Okay, and so mm -hmm. you had a goal of competing in college, so you didn't give up. You fixed yourself, and yep. I guess what happened? Yeah, so yeah. So then senior year um, came and then started applying for schools and scholarships, and I ultimately got a full-ride scholarship to the U of M. Wow, um, congratulations. So even if I wanted to do, thank you so much. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so even if I wanted to do gymnastics, it, it would have had to be in Division three. So I would have had to choose a different school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I went that route, that scholarship wasn't covering um, the school that I would have wanted to go to for gymnastics. And so ultimately, I made that decision um, to you know, walk away from gymnastics and, and really I had to, that was the biggest decision of my life at that point, right? Like, man, I've been working so hard my whole life for this one dream and goal. Um, but, um, I had to really just trust myself in that moment and, and trust my, um, or give my, give my body grace, um, that, you know, Hey, you've worked really hard. You've done a lot with your body over the past years and if you want to continue you know just being able to do life (laughs) then you're gonna have to walk away you know because gymnastics is like it's inevitable that you're gonna get lots of injuries um so I was at that point where it was like okay um (laughs) you've sustained enough injuries and you're gonna keep sustaining injuries so is it worth it And, and ultimately I had the full ride so I made that decision that time so what um, schools were you going to go to or you, were you planning to go to to compete? Yeah, so I was, um, my other school would have been UW-Eau Claire um, was my other school that I would have gone to. But yeah, so I ultimately went to the University of Minnesota. And then um, one of my old gymnastics teammates, so she reached out to me and she was like, oh, I heard you're coming to the U of M. Um, so she had joined the uh, U of M all-girl cheer team. And so she asked me to come to a um, an open gym because she was like, hey, just just come out and, and try it out. Like, you, you don't have to commit to anything. Um, so then I went and I, I kind of just played around. And um, I ultimately ended up doing co-ed cheerleading. And so that summer, um, I tried out for the co-ed cheerleading team at the U of M. Um, I made the team and then um, I got to be a flyer. And so I got to continue doing flips and all of that just with a little bit less stress on my body. So Was that a fun experience? It was a super fun experience, yeah. To be definitely. at the football games mm-hmm. and then to be cheering. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's... How does that even feel like to be on the field, to be a cheerleader at that level? Yeah. Honestly, it was surreal. Um, I obviously never even thought about cheerleading, and so it was a huge learning curve in the beginning, but... Um, in terms of, like, the actual experience, it was just, it was, like, opening my eyes to, it was, like, starting gymnastics all over again, you know? It was kind of like being a kid all over again and getting to experience a new, um, you know, journey, so. Okay, so um, in high school, how many days were you training for gymnastics? Yeah, um, so I was training five days a week, um, three to four hours. Um, every day practice. yes mm-hmm. okay and then in college for cheerleading practice how many days yeah. were you guys practicing yeah so we practiced four days a week in college and then it was for three hours at a time and then when it was like nationals um then we would practice for like winter break we didn't get to go home at all so we practiced every single day doing two a day so like eight hour days um so yeah. okay so mm-hmm. What I can see is at this point, you're used to doing a lot of work. You can, yes. <laughs> you can push yourself. You are like mm-hmm. mentally there. And, you know, I guess how do you stay focused when you train so much and so hard? 
Yeah, so I think that discipline was kind of welded at a very young age, always doing so much. So like with gymnastics, I I knew I had to get my homework done in between classes and like right after school before practice. Um, and so I, I think I learned how to manage my time really early on. And I was always like super self-aware um, at a young age. Um, and I think being um, a minority also makes you a little bit more self-aware. It, it kind of forces you to become um, a little bit more mature at a younger age. And so I think that really helped me out in college. Um, I did see a lot of my peers, um, you know, kind of start to trickle out of the team or they trickle out of college in general. Um, college is hard. Getting through that first year, it's a huge transition. Um, and what also helped me was my senior year I actually did, uh, I was a full-time PSEO student. So that's post-secondary um, education something, right? I don't know um, what it stands so, for. I just know you're yeah, taking so, college sorry. classes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yep. So PSEO, I got to earn college credits. And so um, I was able to do that full-time at St. Paul College my whole senior year. So I was doing that. I went to school all day, and then I just went straight to practice right after that. So I was essentially already kind of doing the college day-to-day -day lifestyle. So. Okay, so right now I'm getting a good picture that you have a lot of structure. You like structure, and you are also mm -hmm. very goal-driven, very ambitious. So um, how did I get into health and fitness? Um, so with gymnastics, so we started strength training my junior year, um, physical therapy, we started strength training there as well. Um, and then that's kind of when I started looking more into it, got into college, um, with college, uh, being the only Asian person on the college cheer team. So while it was a really, really, really fun experience, um, and I was super thankful for it, um, it was hard because I... I didn't fit in, right? And so um, the gym kind of became my release. And um, that's kind of where my strength training journey started. And so that's when I got into bodybuilding and kind of a new sport as I was um, cheering. And so that's kind of where I got my start with health and fitness. But, okay. Mm -hmm. So you were working out on top of your training sessions? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So on top of my practices, I was still going to the gym and I was still lifting. And um, then I think it was my sophomore year that I decided to do a bodybuilding show. So that was my first show. Wait, wait, your sophomore MPC. year of college? Mm-hmm. Wow. How, how did that go? Yeah. So I did the NPC North Star um, and it went well. I got I got third place in novice. So it was fine. Um, <laughs> and then I did a couple other shows throughout college, just local shows. Um, and then by the time that I would have been a serious, um, contender in terms of competitiveness with my physique, um, I got pregnant. So then, um, yeah, I wasn't able to, I haven't been able to get back on the stage quite yet how I want to. Um, so I would say like before I was kind of casually doing it. Um, because I've learned so much since then, you know, and, and I still do want to do it. Um, I think I would be much more competitive now, but. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back. Why mm -hmm. did you even decide to join a show? Like you were in cheerleading, you're doing school yeah. and then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, you're still training and then you're like, Oh, I'm going to sign yeah. up. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I guess you can say I'm driven by girls. <laughs> yeah, and so, clearly. Honestly, like the more I learned about lifting and, and bodybuilding, um, and I think I was drawn to bodybuilding in particular because of the um, the the competitive competitiveness of the sport. Um, and so I liked the idea of training for something and then um, being able to progress and kind of change over time and um, you know, the discipline of that. So. And why bodybuilding? Why not powerlifting? Why not something else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like part of it was the physique aspect. Like I really, really loved the discipline that bodybuilding required, um, in terms of you have to, uh, train very much differently and you have to, um, be very articulate and intentional with how you're training. Um, and so I like that aspect of it. And then in terms of like the actual competitions, like I like glam, I like showing off and I like being on stage, you know, I like performing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a dancer and gymnast my whole life, like that's what I liked. So, um, yeah, so I ultimately went the bodybuilding route. So, (laughs) okay. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from bodybuilding? Yeah, um, I would say in terms of bodybuilding, I think just honestly the integrity and discipline that it requires. You know, so when you're prepping for a show, um, you know, you might be 20 weeks out, 12 weeks out, etc. Um, you have to be super focused and goal-driven. Um, and there's no one telling you to do what you need to do, right? Even a coach, you know, even if you have a coach, um, ultimately they're not with you there every single minute of the day. And so, um, a lot of my success in my health journey so far. So like right now I am a proponent of, um, sustainable well-being and, um, you know, trying to. I, I help people try to find a level of health that is, um, you know, that it fits their lifestyle, right? That's realistic for their lifestyle. And so um, right now, health is kind of that for me, right? It's not, I'm not like competing anymore. I'm not doing, you know, um, anything like that anymore. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> It's so like right now I'm thinking about, you know, the average person out there, mm-hmm. they're not so goal driven or like some of them are, but then it's very hard to say no to, um, temptations. Like, you know, it's very easy right. to say, I'm going to eat that donut or I'm just yeah. going to go fishing. I'm not going to go work out. Um, right. how did you stay so motivated? Like, I know that you're goal driven, but like what's behind that and like, what can people do to be just as motivated? Yeah. Um, honestly, it, it's, I think it comes down to holding yourself to a level of standard that you're going to be proud of, you know? Um, and like for me, I just, I've always had that um, desire to make sure that whatever I do, whatever has my name on it, I want it to, to look good and be good and, um, so I think that's that's honestly what motivates me. Like I just want to make sure that I do a really good job at what I commit myself to. 
Um, and so it comes down to having the integrity to get things done really well. You yeah, know. And how did you learn that? Um, honestly, my mom. <laughs> yeah, so um, I talk about my mom a lot. So my, my dad, he passed away when I was five. So um, I grew up uh, with a single mom, essentially, uh, my whole life. And so um, with that, I think I learned from her just the value of hard work, integrity, discipline, um, doing things all the way through, you know, like not, not doing things like just, just kind of halfway. Um, and so just making sure that like, whatever you're doing, that you're going to do a good job at it is what she's taught me, you know? So, yeah, I am extremely, you know, impressed by you. Uh, gymnastics uh-huh. is a sport that you have to be like excellent at. If you don't mm-hmm. do the moves correctly, it's easy points off. Uh, you have right. to be like focused all the time, and it's a ton of dedication, a ton mm-hmm. of practice, a ton of technique work. Um, right. You know, I've never done it. I wish I did it, but mm-hmm. I can see that just by learning this at a young age kind of stems into all the things that you're doing now. It kind of helps right. you be very focused and very uh, nitpicky about like how things are done too. Yes. So mm-hmm. a natural progression to, you know, people who are in the health and fitness field is they love the sport and um, the aspect of what it has done for you. And mm-hmm. now you're coaching other people. So I want you to right. tell me, like, how did this transition happen where you're like, oh, you know, I actually want to help people do this too. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think part of it was just sharing my journey um, with people and um, friends and family started like knowing me as like my fitness journey. Right. And they would always ask me about how everything was going and they would ask for tips and all of that. And so, um, I was already doing my own research. I was already, um, you know, following a lot of the bigger names and, and, you know, trying to decipher or trying to like figure out like how to do health and fitness, um, not correctly, but how can I take pieces of what everyone is saying and what has worked for everybody into my own um, health journey, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's where it really stems from. But And uh, how long have you been coaching people? Yeah, so I've been coaching for just a little bit over a year now. So, And mm-hmm. what do you enjoy about coaching? Yeah. So I enjoy educating my clients on um, just there's a lot of misinformation out there, right, in the fitness industry. Okay, it is name three. Name three misinformations. Ooh, okay. Um, I have to go on a diet in order to lose weight, and it has to be strict. Um, Why is that a misinformation? Cardio. Yeah, because any diet will work, um, but you just need to be in a calorie deficit right um so that's why um and so and then also it's like what are you going to do after the diet how are you going to sustain that weight loss right um you need to make sure so i mean if you're going to diet why not do it the right way why not try to find and create habits while you're trying to lose weight that are going to be sustainable afterward right um so that's one of my huge principles as a coach um 
A second one is the idea of cardio. Um, you have to do cardio to lose weight. I think it's a tool to lose weight. Um, I don't believe in doing that much cardio in the first place. Um, and then in terms of strength training, making women really bulky, <laughs> it just isn't the case because we don't have the testosterone levels for that. You okay. have to work really hard and be really intentional. I want you to say that again. That. I want you to say mm-hmm. that one more time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, strength training is not going to get females bulky. It takes a lot of hard work um, to gain any amount of muscle as a female um, because we do not have um, the testosterone to gain that level of muscle, unfortunately. I'm, I'm going to clip this and I'm going to put it on my <laughs> Facebook and my Instagram. So, and whenever any of my girlfriends, you know, come ask me, you know, I want to lift weights, but I don't want to be too bulky. I'm going to mm-hmm. send this to them. Like, mm-hmm. it matters that you're saying it because I'm a guy and people think that, oh, you know, it's a guy's perspective. But yeah, I totally agree with the yep. top three that you just said. I totally agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did you learn about these things? How did you know that they're, they were myths? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my own research and just honestly looking at the actual science of it, right? And um, When you get down to the cellular level um, and we're looking at hormones and, and like it just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, and so, honestly, that's how I, I, you know, it's this piecing together um, objective information mm-hmm. and um, yeah <laughs> so, but, so. you know there mm-hmm. are anomalies out there if you're watching and you want to compare um, you know people there are people out there who can't, like women who can be very bulky mm-hmm. but on average that's not you so right yep. so rewatch what, what we just discussed okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so now tell like what's your philosophy when you are coaching someone yeah so um again i am a believer of um sustainable habits right so i coach my clients based on evidence-based methods that are going to sustain their health and and i try to coach them in the sense that i i challenge them to um you know kind of come up with the answers themselves. So if they have a question about, um, you know, if they have any question at all, like I'm going to challenge them by diving deeper into that question. Okay. So they're asking me, should I go on the keto diet or should I try intermittent fasting? I'll ask, okay, so what is your end goal of that? Why do you want to go on that? What have you heard about that diet? Right. Um, what have you heard about that approach? Um, and then also, um, in terms of my coaching, I really try to empower people to um, take their health into their own hands um, and do it in a objective way. So um, a lot of the times when clients come to me, they've already tried everything. Um, they've tried all the different diets. They've tried these challenges. Um, they've lost the weight maybe and they gained it all back or even more. And so these people, they're coming to me and they're, they're, they've been running in circles for years. And so I coach them on how to um, develop the habits to, um, you know, start living a life that they are really proud of and, and start working toward their health goals in a sustainable manner. I totally agree with that. 
Um, we're gonna to, we're gonna talk about this once we're done talking. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so I guess what is the do you have the ideal client that you serve or like just happens to be that on average people come mm-hmm. to you because of X Y and Z? Yeah. Um, yeah, so honestly, I love when people are coming to me and they're like, hey, I want to learn everything that you know. And, um, and they're open to learning and, and you know, if, like whether they've tried things or not, um, that they're willing to ask questions and return the favor. And so um, an expectation that I have of all of my clients is that if, I'm, if, if they're asking questions, um, then I need to be able to ask them questions about those questions. And then if I'm asking questions, then they need to, you know, respond because it is a two way relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what um, has made, you know, my relationship with my clients successful and and actually gotten them results is is by making sure that I'm holding them accountable to what they said they wanted um, by continuing to keep them, um, you know, involved in the process that they're not just being passive. Um, and I'm not just telling them what to do because otherwise they're not really learning. Right. Um, and then, um, I, in terms of the person that I would, or that you're talking about ideal client, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, yeah, or, so or then, the average um, client that has come to you. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the clients that have come to me, they've come to me wanting weight loss, but, um, in educating them about the process. So I never, ever cut people right away. So most of the time, people are not eating enough calories. Um, they have been running in circles. And and so, like, their metabolisms need to, um, you know, be improved before they can even cut because um, their bodies are just going to work against them, right? And so... Um, What's so the average point, uh, calorie that someone's eating when they come to you? Because I like, see the same thing. I see yeah. the same thing and it blows my mind. Yep. I mean, honestly, probably like 12, 1300. And I'm like, there is no way we can do anything from right here. You know, um, we can't, we can't add in cardio really. We can't, you know, cut anything, um, at that point. And so, okay. And um, from your and, perspective, why doesn't this work? Why can't I eat 1200 calories and how mm-hmm. come like I'm not losing weight? Why doesn't this work? Yeah. I mean, at that point, um, they probably have been eating at that amount of calories for a while. And so their metabolism has adapted to the lower amount of calories. And so in order to see any type of weight loss, you're going to have to keep reducing calories or adding cardio to try to create that caloric deficit. And so at that point, I mean, it's just miserable, right? (laughs) Um, And it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And And they're they're trying um, so hard. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, when they come to us, yeah, like, like like how you said, they have tried everything in the book. They're working out mm-hmm. like all the time, every day, yep. counting the calories, and it's just right. not working. And like, I applaud them for trying so hard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, honestly, that's like one of the best parts about coaching is like being able to, you know, illuminate them on like, okay, like health doesn't actually have to be that hard, you know, it's like there's, there, there aren't any secrets, but there are foundational principles that do work and, um, you know, and, and there are ways that you should be, you know, 
approaching your health. Okay, so you've kind of highlighted that one uh, of like the average client is they just, they're an open book, they want to learn everything, and they just want you to teach them. Another one is they've tried everything and it's not working, and they want to lose weight. Um, Yep. Is there another one? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, a smaller niche that I have is also working with really busy women. Um, and moms in particular. Um, so I am a prenatal and postnatal uh, fitness specialist as well. So um, I do work with postpartum moms. Um, I work with them uh, through their pregnancies to make sure that they are having a healthy pregnancy and they're really preparing for really the longest sprint and marathon of their life, with, which is giving birth, you know? And so I really believe in that. Um, so that's also one of my um, niches is I really love targeting that um population because i've been through it and man it's it's work (laughs) and um there's so many so many things that i wish every single mom had um the education on um and so that's also a huge passion of mine okay so let's go off of that um Mm -hmm. what are like two things that you wish moms knew or you knew when you're going through this Mm mm-hmm Um, so strength training during pregnancy and making sure that you are training yourself cardiovascularly for the event of giving birth. Um, and then second would be, hmm, it would be taking it slow and giving yourself grace postpartum. A lot of moms, you know, it's, I mean, you, you lose, like you give birth. Right. And then you have this extra, you still have extra weight and you still have extra skin and um, your body's just not the same anymore. You know, and a lot of moms try to get back to something, but it's not so much getting back to something. It's learning your new body and it's learning. It's, you know, it's becoming better. And it's just this like I want to encourage women and and moms to um, just take the approach of, hey, this is. This is, I don't have to go back to anything. I wasn't better before. Um, I'm, I'm perfect as I am and I can, you know, I, I can have goals and work toward better, right? So. Uh, and uh, if someone wants to sign up with you, what do they get? Yeah, so I do one-on-one health coaching. So I don't do any um, group programs. I don't really do any challenges, things like that. So I do one-on-one based coaching. And so it would be weekly check-ins that I do. um, And then they would get uh, training. So I I always do training and nutrition together because I so deeply believe that they go hand in hand. You can't really um, achieve, in my mind, like the most optimal results um, without um, the other. So I do training and nutrition. I give them customized programs always. And so I'm always asking for a detailed history. Um, we go through everything, um, from like any, any like limiting beliefs. So I, I like to touch on mindset and mental health a lot as part of my coaching. So we almost always start there. Um, and then that also gets me to get to know my clients a lot better and sooner and develop that relationship. Um, and then, so in terms of training, nutrition, um, 
with nutrition, then they are getting macro-based recommendations. I don't do meal plans. I'm not a registered dietitian, so I don't believe in doing that. Um, and then in terms of meal plans, I also think that it's not the best way to empower people to learn about um, long-term nutrition um, and how to do it themselves. And, and so um, with that, so with macro-based, um, I take that approach because I can teach people uh, tools to be able to do it for the rest of their lives. And so like an example of this is if, um, you know, they have a set calorie or macro goal um, and they want to go eat out at night or something, um, how can they adjust that during the day with their other meals, right? So it, it's it's preparing them for real life. So. Yeah, and I totally agree with that because typically what I find is some, the ones who reach out, they're very type A. They are mm -hmm. like the go-getters and they want a lot yep. of structure from you. Uh, they want a lot right. of guidelines. They want to say, mm -hmm. whatever you say, I'm going to do it. So if you say yeah. two chicken breasts only a day, I'm going to do that. And mm -hmm. it makes it hard because they don't really learn the aspect right. of how do I coach myself. Yeah. Yeah, and um, how do you actually navigate this? How do you get someone who's very like ambitious but kind of dependent to actually want to self coach themselves? Yeah. So a lot of it, I mean, health coaching in general, it's based on asking the right questions, and so it's diving deeper into. Um, you know, the challenges of that particular client and, and the psychological aspects of it. Um, so what do they know? Why do they think the way they do about certain topics around nutrition? Um, and simplifying um, nutrition for them is a big one, right? So um, for a lot of people, they either just don't think about it, you know, they just ignore it completely um, or... You know, they, they just think it's so overwhelming um, that they don't, you know, they, they don't touch it at all. Um, and so it's kind of, you you just try to simplify the nutrition for them. You know, I think that's that's where you have to start. So And it's baby steps. Like, it's yeah. hard. It was hard mm -hmm. for you, I'm assuming, to learn about nutrition. And oh, yeah. you fell down a lot, but you picked yourself back up and you tried new things, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and what do you do for folks who don't really know how to exercise? Because um, mm -hmm. if you like don't actually see them in person, but you give them like a program, how do you actually help them through the process of making sure that they're doing it right? Yeah, so in all of my programs, I have um, really, really intentional cues um, in those. And then I also provide videos as well as... Um, I always ask them to record themselves on the bigger lifts or any of the um, movements or exercises that are going to be a little bit more difficult or that I know um, most people aren't just going to get right away. So I usually have, I usually end up having my clients videotape themselves and then I would correct their um, form that way. So. Okay. And right now, what are you mm -hmm. training for? Yeah. So right now... Um, my goals is really to get strong and, um, and what does strong mean just, to you? Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, it's progressively overloading week to week. Um, and so, I mean, my, my programs, they're, I mean, so they are, I don't want to say bodybuilding based because right now I honestly just, I, all of my programs are, um, like they're based on the foundational principles, right? So I don't, I don't say it's powerlifting or bodybuilding anymore. I just say it's based on the foundational principles, um, and the foundational movement patterns of the body. And so, um, that's kind of how my workouts are programmed right now. Um, and so it's my phase right now is hypertrophy. I want to grow. I need to gain more muscle so that the next time I do step on stage, um, or the next time I have my baby, um, I'm really strong going into it. So, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on and sharing a lot about your own journey, your own mm-hmm. hiccups to this, and um, you know, especially sharing what you do because I didn't know like a lot of like your perspectives on health or how you coach until you know I had you on here. But now that I have you on here, I'm like, damn, you know, this is good because you and I are very alike. You know, we say the same things, um, and it's like this common thing that a lot of people go through and. You know, you and mm-hmm. I see eye to eye on a lot of things. So I really appreciate you for, you know, telling, you know, your truths and being honest and, you know, just mm-hmm. tell people how it is. And also, uh, I really appreciate you for kind of like just telling your own stories of like your, your journey through this, of like a identity crisis, but finding new things to make it fun through cheerleading. And then now a new thing for you is coaching other people and helping them through this journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are not enough people doing this and it's extremely hard. So I applaud you for taking this baton and like helping other people because we all need help. A lot of people need help out there and not right. enough people know about you too. So I'm glad that we're having this discussion. Uh, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, let's see. Um, I would say another thing. Um, so you asked me about what I love about coaching. So I wanted to, um, share as well on, um, just how to practically, uh, attack goals right so a lot of my clients they have the question or you know they check in at the end of the week and they're like oh um i just wasn't feeling motivated i fell off midweek whatever right and so um a a huge part of my coaching that i love is is forcing them to highlight their small wins and so it you know and and what that does is it makes them focus on just that day and the moment to moment decisions, um, because that's ultimately what the journey is and what it, um, comes out to the results that you're going to get. It's going to come down to all of those small decisions that you're making day to day. And if you can just win the day, you know, um, take it day by day and like, you'll get there. Um, you'll get to the end goal eventually. And so like a lot of the times it's, you know, obviously have the end goal in mind, but don't, don't be looking at that goal and, and thinking like, oh my gosh, when am I going to get there? I'm so far away. Because um, a lot of the times it, it really comes down to those um, daily habits and, and what you're doing um, there. Um, and then another thing I wanted to touch on 
um, with clients is um, kind of, or in terms of like clients and coaching, that relationship, um, I would say that a successful client is someone who is ready to do the work um, that it's going to take uh, to get there. Um, you cannot force anybody to do anything that they are not willing to do as a coach. So that that's my one advice and my one lesson per se as a coach is, you know, you can't take that um, fault for the client and you have to hold them accountable in that way. That is your job. Um, so so tell a story. Mm-hmm. I want to know, how did you learn about this? Because I had to learn this the hard way too. Oh, yeah. So I want to mm-hmm. hear, like, how did you learn about this? Yeah, so... I mean, honestly, I've had a few clients, so it's, it's a common thing. It is a very common thing for clients um, to feel like um, like maybe they're not getting enough or maybe, um, y- you know, like, like it's easy for the coach to feel like, you know, we're not doing enough um, for the client. And so, you know, maybe maybe like it's been four weeks and, and the weight hasn't dropped and, and they're just, they feel like they're not making any progress and um, they're not really doing what you're telling them to do, you know. Um, and so that's when it's important to have that hard conversation and and really challenge them to look at what they are truly doing and not doing. Like, okay, let's let's go back to the beginning when you told me that you wanted this goal and that you were ready to do the work for this goal, right? So we have to keep those things in mind and just keep reminding them what they're working toward and and challenging them to, you know, um, kind of analyze those limiting beliefs a little bit more. Because a lot of the times, it's not because they don't want it enough. I don't think that's the issue. It's that they have limiting beliefs. Like, if, if you don't believe that you can do something, if you don't believe that you can be 100% with your nutrition, or if you don't believe that you deserve to look you know, the best you've ever looked, you know, and have that physique that that other person has, not to say that you should, you know, want what other people have, you should never do that. Um, but to, to not believe in yourself, um, that's a limiting belief. That's just a mindset issue, right? So making sure that you are um, addressing those. So. And my final question for you, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be Hmong to you? Yeah. Um, what does it mean to be Hmong to me? Honestly, it's just, it means never forgetting how lucky we are, how privileged we are to be where we are right now. Not forgetting about, you know, where we came from um, and how hard our, you know, elders have worked for us to get here, right? And, and just working really hard, but staying humble and remembering where you came from. You know, I I feel so privileged um, to be where I am today, to have been able to do gymnastics, to have been able to go through college, you know, graduate and like from a big university and um, be doing what I'm doing now. And like we have this opportunity with like social media now to like um, really do whatever we want and to start our own businesses and make a huge impact um, and so I just feel really, really blessed in that way. Um, so that's what being Hmong means to me. It's just honestly never forgetting um, where we came from. So. Awesome. 
Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate having you on and you know, sharing your perspectives on a lot of things. Where mm -hmm. can people find you? Yeah, so I am mostly on Instagram. Uh, my handle is i.lift. So my name is Eileen, um, E-I-L-E-E-N. And so my <laughs> Instagram handle is ei.lift, L-I-F-T. Okay, awesome. So mm -hmm. go reach out to her. If you yep. are inspired, as much as I am, you know, to continue training, to wanting to change who you are, reach out to her and ask for help or just follow her. Follow her, see who she is. Like the, today I saw her um, going for a walk and working out. So I'm like, you know, she's real. She does exactly what she tells people. Uh, she's not, you know, faking anything. So, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out for help. Or just to say hi. Uh, and with that, we will... I'm definitely going to have you on, on next time. We're going to go into like programming and like how to count mm -hmm. your macros. And I think that will really help people as well. Um, but other than that, thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Another day to live and make meaningful memories. Our time here on, on Earth is short, so make sure you spend it wisely. If you think someone needs to hear this message, please share it with them. It would mean a lot to me knowing that we are all looking out for each other. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate it, and comment. It will help grow this podcast and allow others to hear these messages as well.